Welcome into Inside the Nest, where today we continue our discussion on Kennesaw State men's and women's basketball. Nolan Alexander, Matt Rad, and Jordan Griffith tip it off next. the trio here on inside the nest mateen jordan and me nolan guys this past week for kennesaw state men's and women's basketball we saw some highlights the women eventually extended their winning streak to three games although on valentine's day in the evening fell to jacksonville on the men's side had a highlight performance game against central arkansas then came up a three-pointer by brandon stroud was just off he had a wonderful day and we'll hear from him later on inside the nest but Kennesaw State came up two points short to the North Florida Ospreys on Saturday. So we'll look back at the past week for men's and women's basketball and then look ahead to the Florida trip for both of these teams taking on FGCU and Jacksonville. Guys, uh, the last one we started on the women's side, let's start on the men's side today. And that game against Central Arkansas featured, I think we had five alley-oops in the ball game. Kennesaw State shot a program record 82.8% from two-point distance. In an offensive showdown, the Owls came out on top. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even though it shows that we won by 11 points, that was not an easy game at all. Central Arkansas was making some great reads on defense. However, Kennesaw State just did what they had to do. And a big part of that was the play of Terrell Burden, not just his vision to create those alley-oops with five assists on the night, but six for seven from the field, two for two from three-pointers. And free throws were a big part of that game, especially late on. Terrell Burden going 11 for 14 from the free throw line. We've been talking about Terrell Burden being a reborn player in this Kennesaw State offense this year. That was the game that really stamped it, that that really said, OK, this guy is really different. Sometimes you could have some some good stretches. You can score some points like he's been able to do all year. But now it's official. This guy's a real player, one of the best point guards in the A-Sun. He's been absolutely outstanding this year. Mateen, you made a great point about that wasn't an easy game, although the score might indicate that it was pretty close the entire time. And. That's something that I think we saw from Kennesaw State that shows that maturity that they're at least growing in is the fact that they never really got them back in that game. UCA was was close. They were kind of jockeying around that 10 to 5 point range for a long time. But Kennesaw State never really let them back in. And that's something that a young team, maybe last year, maybe even earlier this year, would have let happen. And seeing that growth and seeing Kennesaw State be able to keep teams dangerous teams in uca i mean they put up a lot of points at bay at arm's length for an entire games period that's not easy to do especially for a young team and they showed that yeah trail burda 19 points in the first half of that ball game hit a buzzer beater three-pointer could not be stopped and then he came out and increased his production on the assist side in the second half ended up with 25 points a big win for Kennesaw State, and really an electrifying win, too. We talked about it a lot in the broadcast, Jordan, but that game was just fun to watch. That was fun for the team. That was fun for KSU fans. That was the most fun game I've been a part of here at Kennesaw State, and I really mean that. It was it was not just the alley-oops. It was the convo. It was the environment, and it was also the fact that you're facing a new A-Sun team and trying to get the first laugh and see who can – get the first win, a, a series that's probably going to go on for a very long time, and you have Terrell Burden, I mean, absolutely going off. Not often does that happen in the Kennesaw State offense to where one guy is going to go for 30-something 
and the rest of the guys are also going to contribute. Usually it's one or the other. Terrell Burton did that, and he got everybody else involved. Even Casey Jennings, the the backup point guard, or so-called backup point guard, a very good defensive and three-point shooting backup guard, so-called once again, throwing an alley-oop to Alex Peterson, Peterson, Isaiah Reddish. I mean, everyone was on their game. Everyone was electric. Everything felt important, and it was. And it was just an absolute amazing game to be a part of. 100%. 100%. You know, as you mentioned, it's a real team performance. Isaiah Reddish playing a big part. Obviously, he had that web gem that we've seen a hundred times already. At least I have. Brandon Stroud, you know, Spencer Rogers all playing their part. But I think we're seeing this development, and you guys may disagree with me, this development offensively of this three-headed monster. Terrell Burton, Chris Youngblood, and Damon Robinson, these guys who are constantly contributing on offense. And something that I think is going to be really big is that trio coming down the stretch towards playoffs. How do we not have a nickname yet for that, Mateen? I don't know. What's it going to be? I mean, uh, I'm trying to look at the letters right now. BYR, I don't. I can't come up with anything with that. <laughs> uh, Let's put this out there to you, the listener. You have an idea for a nickname for KSU's Big Three? Bring it on. Let's hear what you got. Tweet we'll us. Love, would love to hear it. Would love to hear the answers. So, uh, fun one for the Owls in the Wednesday game. And then Saturday against UNF, that was a tough one for the Owls. We saw it earlier on the women's side, which, again, we're going to discuss here in a little bit. The women erased a 16-point comeback in that ball game. The men were down by 17. I think I have those numbers right, 16 and 17. Either way, it's about the same difference. The men had erased that. UNF came back. The Ospreys held on at the end to win by two. That almost was storybook for Kennesaw State men's basketball, able to come back just like the women put themselves on a three-game winning streak. But at the end, North Florida just came out with that bucket despite Brandon Stroud coming down with a career-high 17 boards and then putting it together another double-double after he was held in check scoring-wise in the first half. You know, not just a career high, Nolan, a season high for any KSU Owl this season. And by more than four, uh, by five boards, I think, the next highest was 12. It was Chris Youngblood against Nebraska. And Brandon Stroud, he did a lot of things, too, that are not going to show up on the stat line. As we know, Brandon Stroud gets in people's faces. He defends everything so well, and he was making such great reads all throughout those that game. Something else that that kind of stuck with me afterward. Obviously, it wasn't a great loss for Kennesaw State, given that UNF had lost their two scores, but they came out with heart and they fought. And UNF deserved that win. Cannot take that away from them at all. But something that, again, stood out for me for Kennesaw State is that almost everything went wrong that game, and they still almost won. And they had a chance at the end to get a shot up, to go to overtime, to to contest that ball game and make it, again, go into overtime, make it longer. And possibly win that one. And again, they didn't really play well at all. And the fact that you're in that ball game, they, they kind of get that surge in the second half. They fought as well. Of course, it didn't come up with the win. But again, this is a team that maybe earlier in the year, maybe last year, that game's probably not even close. They probably let that spiral. They probably let the big run that UNF got on to start off the game get to them. That didn't happen. They came back. Again, wasn't the result that they wanted, but I got to be proud of how they were able to manage given that it just wasn't their night. I agree, Jordan. And this is putting black and gold colored glasses on right now. But at any point in Kennesaw State's previous history where they had gone seven plus minutes without a field goal period, 
and you tell me they lose the ball game by two and they have a shot to win at the end, I'll take that. That had that had never happened before. And again, that's the optimist in me looking at that. The flip right. side is, no, I don't think anybody is happy with you go seven plus minutes without a field goal because if you get a couple of those, you end up winning the ball game. So I, I do agree with your point, Jordan. They were able to override that, unfortunately, couldn't put it off in the end. So that puts together now an interesting weekend as both the men and women hit the road. The men will take on a pair of opponents that they've already beaten earlier this year. And it starts out Wednesday night. Tonight, when you hear this on Inside the Nest, 7 p.m. at FGCU in Fort Myers, and then Saturday at Jacksonville with a 6 p.m. tip at historic Swisher Gymnasium. The standings coming into this week, Liberty first in the East at 9-2, and two, Jacksonville second at 8-4, and four, FGCU third at 7-5, and then the Owls 6-6. Six and six. Kennesaw State looked pretty darn good against these opponents at home. It's tough to beat a team twice. We just saw that with UNF. You're 100% right, Nolan. It's definitely difficult to beat a team twice. And when you're playing so many of these teams that you've already played, you know, it can be concerning. But the game that we played against UNF first time around was just like the second time, a very close game. That's something we didn't see the first time we played FGCU. We beat them by 24 points. So that's going to be something that plays a part, you know, coming back to FGCU where we dominated them on their on our home ground they're going to say look we want revenge this is our house let's show them what they showed us at the convocation center i'll tell you guys i think this is the most important stretch of the season for kennesaw state and once again i said it last week i think this really is something to talk about is this is the first time in recent memory that kennesaw state is going to be the team that people are coming after and not the other way around. Kennesaw State has always been that team that says, okay, we got to go out there and give it our best shot and hopefully get a win here tonight. Well, now FGCU is mad. Now JU is mad. Now Stetson is mad. We beat them all the first time. They're going to come back and they're going to give the Kennesaw State their best shot. And especially on the road in Florida, it's going to be a crazy environment there. It's going to be a crazy game. And again, we're going to learn a lot about this team. Now, when Kennesaw State got their first road win this year, that was a huge sigh of relief, something that we were waiting for for so for so long here as Kennesaw State fans. And now FGCU is going to have to be able to get that road win back, or excuse me, to get the away win back at home against Kennesaw State. Again, they didn't really play well in that game. So they have a lot to look forward to as well. So you're looking at two games that that are two teams that have a lot to lose and the conference standings, guys, it's getting razor thin, especially with Kennesaw State and FGCU. It's going to be a tough one. We'll be watching both those games on ESPN Plus this weekend. Nolan Alexander, Jordan Griffith, Mateen Rad. Okay, guys, let's switch sides over to the women's basketball program here at Kennesaw State, which had a three-game winning streak snapped Monday against Jacksonville to start out with the Central Arkansas and the UNF games. Similar in the fact that Kennesaw State overcame slow starts in both of those to have strong finishes, the highlight being that comeback win down 16 to UNF, erasing it, and Amani Johnson could not be stopped in the fourth quarter. Yeah, first things first, Nolan, that Central Arkansas game, there was so much to deal with early on. First of all, the play of Central Arkansas's Lucy Ebay, who came out with an 18 
point fifteen rebound double double. I mean, she was unstoppable in her own right. But Alexis Poole put up a great game of her own, sixteen point six rebounds, and becoming the new highest career Division One score in Kennesaw State history. Congratulations to her. You know, she worked so hard for that, and we've seen the fruits of that work not only this season but seasons past. And special congratulations to her after you know, she was honored uh, before the game last night against Jacksonville. And then you go to that North Florida game, which, I mean, Jordan, me and you looked at each other multiple times and said, what are we seeing right now? Yeah, uh, one heck of a play-by-play debut. Am I right, Mateen? You said it, not me, brother. (laughs) I mean, an absolute insane game. And guys, so many of these games, uh, you have to look at storylines. And I think this is a classic one with UNF. The Ospreys now dead last in the East Division for Kennesaw for or for a Sun women's basketball, something I don't think anyone would have saw coming. And now being in the last quarter of the season, this is when the Ospreys, you expect them to, to turn it on. And it happened in the first half. Kennesaw State four points, four points in the first quarter, 44 points, add another four to it in the second half of that game. And Amani Johnson played a perfect fourth quarter, something we're used to seeing from the senior leader. It was a, it, in my mind, the biggest win, the most important win, most exciting win for Kennesaw State this year. I mean, it rivals the Furman win, but that was just because it was a buzzer beater. This is a completely different monster where you have Jazz, Jada Bond, you have Retta Moore, you have Allie Knights. I mean, a star-studded team over there with the Ospreys. And Kennesaw State just outplayed them in the second half. They wore them down. The pacing stayed pretty much the same. It was a fast-paced game. Kennesaw State was the better conditioned team, and that showed late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Monty Johnson, I mean, we talked about her not being able to be stopped. And that's exactly the right way to put it, because fourth quarter, she did not miss a shot. She was three for three from the field, one for one from three, and two for two from free throw. She did not miss a shot in that fourth quarter. And you can almost argue that fourth quarter alone earned her the A-Sun player of the week nod. I agree, Mateen. That was an incredible fourth quarter by her. And I made the remarks to Bryce Gobert, who uh, also made a play-by-play debut for us as well with women's basketball, uh, calling his second radio game and and his debut as far as picking up that dub. And what was important, I think, in that ball game that we talked about was the fact that beating UNF is not a program-defining win. However, the manner in which they came back after having such a slow start offensively, I think is a key building block in the program under first-year head coach Octavia Blue. There's no doubt about that. I I think so much, once again, you go back to storylines like I was just talking about. It's not just about winning or losing, but how do you win or how do you lose? And and coming in and winning a game like that, when you start up with four points – and I'm, I'm not going to say I thought this team was dead in the water, but I'm not going to say I didn't think that either. I mean, it was it was such a a flat line first quarter for them. And they didn't ever look like that team again throughout the rest of the game, which is, again, something that you don't really see in basketball, let alone a, a team like Kennesaw State. This is something that is almost unprecedented to score four points and then score 44 in the second and come back to the way that they did again against a team that has four all a sun team or that could have four all a sun members on their starting lineup. I mean, Jada bond was all a sun member. She's coming off the bench 
now for UNF. I'm not exactly sure why their record is the way that it is. They've surrendered a lot of late leads. But Kennesaw State, once again, they kept the pressure on. And winning a game like that is it is a big deal. Because, again, it's like you said, it's not a program-changing win. But winning a game like that proves to your team, proves to your teammates, that we can win any game no matter what the score is. Gentlemen, something that I said early on in the season is head coach Octavia Blue is installing the right software right now, but the hardware is going to need time to update. And right now, I think we're seeing that in Kennesaw State season. I mean, they hadn't had a three game winning streak uh, in conference play in two years, three years. You know, this is something right now that we're seeing this team is really buying in right now. They're getting the results, and that's something that's going to play a huge part when it comes to playoffs. And the standings for Kennesaw State going into a stretch this week in which they'll play Jacksonville again this Saturday, 1 o'clock down at JU, in between a Thursday night matchup with top 25 FGCU, which, by the way, came off a rare A-Sun loss, lost by three at home against Stetson. So the A-Sun East standings on the women's side, Liberty and FGCU in the tie for first at 11-1, and one. Stetson at third, eight and four, JU fourth at seven and five, KSU fifth at five and seven, UNF last at four and eight. And what's kind of bittersweet about that Jacksonville game is had Kennesaw State pulled that one out after having a lead at halftime, Owls and the Dolphins sitting at six and six. As of now, KSU would have the tiebreaker. Of course, they're going to play on Saturday and try to even it back up. But the Owls will look to get rid of a sour taste against a team like FGCU, which rarely do the Eagles come in off a conference loss. They're going to come in off a conference loss, ready to play. Not an easy road trip for KSU. Looking forward to seeing how these Owls come out to play in Fort Myers. Yeah, Nolan, you're absolutely right. FGCU down their star player and Kirsten Bell, someone who's recovering from surgery right now. And dare I say, this is a good thing for FGCU. Now I know what you're thinking, the team, down a star player, what are you talking about? Well, Kirsten Bell earlier in the season declared for the WNBA draft. And whether they like it or not, FGCU is going to be down Bell next season. And now they have to establish their identity of what kind of team they're going to be without this phenom player that they've had for the last two years. However, this is also a door of opportunity for Kennesaw State. Stetson, a team who the Owls beat, mind you, had opened the door and showed without Kirsten Bell, this team can be beat, and this is how you do it. Kennesaw State's going to have an opportunity to do that Thursday. You're exactly right. I think you make a good point about FGCU, but in the scope of Kennesaw State, you know, they're, they're surrounding the, this team right now in the Eagles, and Coach Mesco is going to have to find some answers without Kirsten Bell because a game plan is so easy when you have a player like Bell. You go in, you win. I mean, that's really how it's been for FGCU. I mean, they've been that dominant. Bell has been that dominant. Let's be honest, guys. It has been the past two years now with FGCU and Liberty. It's been a two-horse race in the East, and that's really what it's been. They 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 will face off in the A-Sun Conference Tournament, or at least we would think with Bell not now being out. Maybe that changes. In Kennesaw State, you're going to get another chance to face FGCU, and they're coming off of a loss, and they're coming off of not having Bell for yet another game. I mean, there, there's blood in the water there in FGCU. In Kennesaw State, they have a chance to take advantage in what would be a very big win for the program. 
Looking forward to it. We'll be tuned in on ESPN Plus February 17th in Fort Myers, 7 p.m. tip against the Eagles. And then they stay in the Sunshine State Saturday the 19th, 1 p.m. against the Dolphins. We'll step aside for a short break. Up next, we'll hear from Brandon Stroud from a men's basketball team with our Owl Student Athlete Spotlight. Today tastes like movie night. Okay, whose turn is it to choose? And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all. Like cushions and popcorn. And counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here and now. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. At Fifth Third Bank, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just look at our name, Fifth Third. Five-thirds equals 166.7%. So, according to the laws of mathematics, we are obligated to put 166.7% into everything we do. From our great customer service, to our security solutions, to providing you access to over 45,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. This is banking a fifth-third better. Learn more at 53.com. Fifth Third Bank, member FDIC. Inside the nest, we're joined by Brandon Stroud of our Kennesaw State men's basketball team, who's coming off a career effort and a heartbreaking loss to North Florida on Saturday. Brandon pulled down 17 rebounds, a career high for him, a season high for Kennesaw State. Also at his third double-double with 12 points as well. Brandon, uh, we'll talk about this past week in just a moment, but I want to take a step and really reflect upon this season for you because uh, you are part of many members on the team that have taken a very noticeable step forward in their growth, in their play, in their role on this team. My question to you is, in your eyes, in what ways have you seen yourself grow here at KSU in year two with the program? Uh, I've seen a lot of growth from the beginning of the season. I had a very slow start at the beginning of the season. But these guys stayed, of course, continuing to grow each game. And the coaches, the coaches are allowing me to grow each, each game and just – making me better because, you know, some people need to be held accountable and that's what they're doing. And it's allowing me to grow and be a better player each game. This year got off to a great start in a sun play, uh, went into that stretch where you had eight games in 17 days. And then you turn right back around, you play well in the Kentucky games, you get a win against Bellarmine. And then this past week, a big win against central Arkansas, a tough luck game against UNF, but you find yourself and this team in the thick of the a sun East race. As we wind down here in a couple of road games as well, where are you holding up right now from a physical and mental standpoint here on the stretch run of conference play? Uh, right now, I'm mentally, mentally great, physically a little banged up. You know, that's everybody, you know, this end of the conference play, everybody banged up, but it's just mental. The body follows the mind. So that's just how I'm feeling right now. It's all mental. What do you do to try to stay strong mentally when your body's not up to 100% just from the wear and tear of a season? Mentally, uh, just eliminate the distractions that don't need to be, that don't need to enter your brain. Like just the outside term list, the outside noise, and you stay within the team and rely on each other because I know my teammates are going to help me up, going to pick me up mentally and just be there for me. So this past week, Central Arkansas, a big win at home, and then the two-point setback against UNF. Let's go back to that Central Arkansas game. In that one, your stat sheet wasn't what it was against UNF, but you still had an effect on that game as well. Uh, what kind of pride do you take in being on the floor at times where 
some games you're not the leading scorer, but you still have an effect in picking up your teammates in the offense and defensive ends to lead to some highlight plays that we had against the Bears. Uh, I don't have a problem with it, not scoring, not rebounding, but as long as we get the job done and win, I mean, it really don't matter who gets the credit. That's what uh, we have to learn right now is our team. Like, it doesn't matter who gets the credit. When we come together and win, it don't matter if I got two points, Spence got 30, see why I got 20. Just imagine if we come to a common goal and just win the game, win the ball game. And then against UNF, again, you, you had 17 rebounds. That was a career high. It, was there a point in the game that you felt like, man, I am doing a good job of finding the ball off the glass? Uh, I really didn't notice till after the game. So it was just in the flow of the game, just grabbing rebounds. But I was just trying to do whatever it took my team to win because at the beginning we were a little sluggish, a little low energy. So that's just how I get going, getting rebounds and pushing the ball. is just that's how I get going. And what led to that change for the team of bouncing back energy-wise and at one point erasing a 17-point deficit in the second half? Uh, the halftime, man, we, we had a talk. We had to come together as a team and just play with more energy, more pace, just because our defense, our defense starts everything. At the beginning of uh, the conference, we was, like, good in defense. You know, I think we're getting a little, little bit too comfortable. So at the halftime, we had to pick up our defense, pick up our talk, pick up our intensity. And now you find yourself here hitting the road, take on a pair of teams in the Sunshine State against FGCU and Jacksonville. So two teams that we beat here at home since then, they've picked up a handful of wins. They sit above us in the A-Sun standings. What's the mindset going down there now trying to do something difficult, and that's beat a team twice in a season? Uh, the mindset is just do what we do. Uh, don't get too high, don't get too low, just continue to do what we do on a daily day basis, uh, just continue to play defense, play together, and uh, most importantly, share the ball. When we get on road games, it's just you. It's just the 13 people, the managers, the coaches, just y'all. So just build that bond so we can come together and stay connected on the road wins. That, that's all that matters. And then most importantly, play defense on the road. That's how you win road games. Obviously, it's nice to be at home, but what do you enjoy about road games? Uh, the most important I enjoy about road games is it's just you and your team. You know what I'm saying? You don't have nobody else. You don't have nobody else to talk to. It's just you and your team, you and your coaches. So, therefore, you get to bond more, get to know what's going on in each other's life. And that's what I like, usually just being in a hotel, talking to my roommate Nate, talking to everybody during breakfast, lunch. And that's what I like the best. I like to talk. Who else on your team do you think likes to talk to his teammates and is pretty chatty on the road? People want notices, but I, I, the person, Cole, Cole likes to talk on the road on the bus. Me and Cole be talking. Bug likes to talk. I mean, everyone really talks. So it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Brandon, thank yeah. you so much for your time here on Inside the Nest. We've enjoyed watching you play this year, and best of luck on the road this week. Thank you so much. Thank you. We know you're concerned for your health, but rest assured, we are here for you. Our hospitals, health parks, and offices are open and taking every safety precaution so you can get the care you need. Wellstar, more than health care, people care. Welcome back into Inside the Nest. We appreciate Brandon spending some time with us. Looking forward to watching him against FGCU later this evening. Okay, guys, it's my turn now for Would You Rather and Fact or Fiction. So my Would You Rather question, I feel like at one point, I don't know if it was basketball season with us or football that we had a part of this, and I think maybe Jordan brought it up. But it's going to be in a different switch up here. So would you rather have to take a charge 
from Shaquille O'Neal in his prime on a fast break for the 50-50 opportunity to win $500,000. Or yes. <laughs> sure. Or would you rather for the rest of your life every one of your favorite teams that you follow no matter the sport has your least favorite announcer for the rest of your life and you have to listen man <laughs> i mean i would take i, I gotta take the charge uh you know i might you, die you may not survive i might not survive and you know five hundred thousand. That'll probably cover at least most of the medical bills. I'll have something left over. <laughs> but man, a least favorite announcer for my favorite team. I mean, if I'm if I'm watching the the Chiefs or the Royals and they have, I don't want to disparage any announcers on, on inside the net. Don't, don't say who it is. I'm just saying. Uh, not gonna. If they have Nolan Alexander, you have to listen to Nolan Alexander call every game. No, 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 no. That's uh, yeah. I'm I'm taking I'm taking the charge, and I'm you know he might take my life too. I'm not sure. And it's a 50-50 shot. There's no guarantee you're going to get the money either. That That's okay because, I, I mean, for the rest, was it the announcers there for, you know, how long? As long as you live. Just as Every long, time you as, tune in. As long as I live? Yeah, there's no way I could do that. I just love sports too much. I, I just can't do that. Yeah, I'm taking the 50-50 shot at 50 Gs because I think there's, there's a lot of 50-50s there. It's either – 50 50 percent on whether i get critically injured or not or 50 50 on me making a bunch of money i'd rather that than you know all the definites of me having to hear you know some jabron call tottenham hotspur games or atlanta hawks games well you also are gonna take the shot from Shaq a lot better than i oh bro i'm coming out on top dude (laughs) (laughs) okay what if we took away the money aspect would that change your answer See now that's a that's more of a thinker I think. Um, I mean I feel like I could just I mean look we're commentators we could put the TV on mute and just call the game ourselves right. No you have to listen the volume has to be on. You son of a gun. Um, what about hold on I'm I know this is another caveat here but is this a TV or radio announcer or is it both? Uh, what if the announcer is also Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> hey Mateen, I wrecked you. <laughs> uh it's TV. It's 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 TV, but you, radio doesn't exist in, in this would you rather world. Okay. I'm still taking the charge. I, I mean the pain that I would feel in that one second or death, whichever it'd be with Shaquille, Shaquille O'Neal running me over, would not equal the emotional and spiritual pain I have to listen to my least favorite commentator for my favorite team. I don't think anyone died via charge by Shaq. You know, and a lot of people probably, you know, experienced it. So I like my odds. Not uh, NBA players, but uh, I'm I'm a little short of that. <laughs> Debatable. Well, yeah. What's your answer, Noel? I think of the money there. I take the charge. If the money's not there, I do the announcer. I don't know. I mean, Shaq in his prime on a fast break dunk, and I have to try to take that charge. It's not going to be pretty for Nolan. 
That, that, no, that, I, even if I get even if I get the money afterward, I'm not sure what I can do with my life the rest of my life. I will say this: Shaq in his prime was a lot thinner than the Shaq that we see, like in in the later in the later half. Now he was still obviously a, a gigantic human being, but I mean maybe 40, 50 pounds off that that could save my life. Yeah, yeah but, but then physics, he moves faster. Speed. Yeah. That okay? Yeah, never mind. That's a good point. <laughs> He's moving a lot faster, actually. <laughs> Okay, all right, scoreboard round here. Again, if y'all do the same answer and you get it wrong, I get a point, okay? So we got, we're on a time limit here, okay? So we can't, we can't think about this for too long. I'm going to turn my screen off so you don't get any hints as to my facial expressions on this, wow. okay? Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, fact or fiction, the Valentine's Day gift that most people spend their money on is jewelry or... The first heart-shaped box of chocolates was introduced in 1950. I feel like jewelry is a is a big commitment for Valentine's Day. Like I feel like Valentine's Day you get flowers, you get candy. Unless it was someone I was with a long time or was a special Valentine's Day, I don't know if I'm going jewelry. So I think valentine's day candy 1950s that adds up yeah i'll also go with uh jewelry on this one again it's a it's a big ticket item and you you buy one of them and it's the equivalent of, of like 500 other candies which would i mean be an insane thing so i'm going with jewelry that's a good point all right so y'all both have jewelry no i've got candy I'll take jewelry. Jordan, you get the point. And the crowd goes wild. I feel duped. (laughs) Well, fun time here on Inside the Nest. Thanks, Brandon Stroud, for joining us. Bettina and Jordan, thanks as always. And we'll see you all next week. Do you?